Through human history, there have been times when people have had to take up arms in order to defend themselves and others who could not against those who would steal, kill, and destroy. While in such conflicts, neither side is perfect, one side is often more in the right. Fighting against evil is a noble endeavor, and maintaining a force for such a purpose is a great idea, especially as a preventative measure. That is the job of a military. Some of us may be led to join the military of our respective countries, but we wonder about our food allergies. What effect do they have on whether we can join the military or not? Today, in honor of Veterans Day, or Armistice Day when World War I ended, I'm going to dig into this issue. Let's see what we can dig up. Welcome everyone to Dairy Free Dude. I am Logan Graham, and I'm here to talk to you about how to thrive in a world where dairy products seem to be as common as dirt. Before we get into the issue at hand, I want to go into some history about this day. World War I started small with the most bungled yet successful assassination ever, which killed Archduke Franz Ferdinand, heir to the Austro-Hungarian throne. This launched a war between Austria-Hungary and Serbia. Sounds simple, right? Wrong. Because of a bunch of alliances strung between many countries obligating them to come to the defense of another, things got much more complicated. And that wasn't the worst of it. Technology had advanced very far, but wasn't as refined as today's weapons. Tactics, on the other hand, had not. This led to everyone abandoning traditional warfare and just digging into the ground to survive the new weapons. Conditions were far from favorable. Both sides were entrenched in mud and water, which often led to a condition called trench foot. Constant shelling and gunfire with new machine guns caused not only many casualties, but also many injuries. And in the muddy trenches, diseases grew rapidly and infections were common. It was miserable for everyone. Eventually, America joined in, Russia withdrew, and at the end of the war, a giant pandemic started. Influenza, specifically. In the late autumn of 1918, each of the countries of the Central Powers, as they were called, surrendered to the Allied Powers. The last country to surrender was Germany. On November 11th, they signed an armistice which technically ended the war, leaving the surviving soldiers to go home, where they would live their lives tragically reliving the terrible things they went through. The official end of World War I was on June 28, 1919, with the Treaty of Versailles. The treaty incorrectly placed all the blame, and therefore punishment, on Germany. Not only did this humiliate Germany, but it also crippled Germany economically. This left things open for bad people, <coughs> Hitler, <coughs> to take over. That was a bad decision. On the day of the signing of the armistice, though, which is today, we celebrate not only the veterans of World War I, but all veterans of all wars. Why? Because they laid their lives on the line to keep us safe. Now, how does this relate to food allergies? Well, seeing how dangerous food allergies can be for a food allergic person, wouldn't that immediately disqualify someone from entering military service? Well, that depends. The short version is, if you have a history of allergic reactions and a high level of IgE, in other words, a functional allergy that most definitely causes you harm, 
you can't enter the military. The U.S. military, for example, disqualifies anyone who has a history of systemic allergic reaction. The definition of systemic allergic reaction is a temporary multi-system reaction to something. This prevention of food allergic people from joining the military goes for both the U.S. and the U.K. The risks are just too great. You're not always guaranteed safe meals, and if a reaction should occur, you might be in the worst possible situations, like a firefight, or away from quick medical attention. And let's be honest, none of us would really want to be having anaphylaxis trapped in a foxhole while bombs and shells are blasting and bullets are flying all around us. I sure wouldn't. In addition, it would be very hard and unrealistic for the military to separate allergen-safe food and unsafe food, which could lead to cross-contact reactions at the least. And battlefield hospitals should be putting their focus on treating combat wounds rather than anaphylaxis, which could be avoided if precautions are taken, and would only serve as a distraction from the work they should be doing. Now, there are exceptions. Sensitization, for example, is permissible. Sensitization is when someone's body has high IgE levels, indicating they're sensitive to something but have had no reactions to it. For example, I have a sensitization for corn, and yet I still eat corn and products with corn in them with no problem. Another exception is for those who have successfully gone through an oral food challenge. If someone with a food allergy succeeds with an oral food challenge and their allergist doesn't recommend carrying epinephrine around any longer, then that person could get a waiver allowing them to join up. So yeah, if you have a severe food allergy, you probably won't be joining the military. And that's fine. It's not for everyone. If you want to read up on it yourself, I've included links in the podcast description, including one link dealing with the UK. With all that being said, whether or not you want to join up with the military of whatever country you live in, it's good to support those who fight to keep us safe. There are also many other patriotic things you can do besides enlisting. And don't forget to thank all those veterans who were fortunate enough to be able to return home. They've done a lot to protect those who can't protect themselves. This is Logan Graham, the Dairy Free Dude. Live on!